Hey there, thoughtful listener. This is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. I'm so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. We're also actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast, the one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Ron Corey. Ron, you are the author of the book, Tenacity. You have uh, your former, well, oh, what, I don't want to say former Marine. I know I know you Marines are particular about how we refer to you. There were no ex-Marines, there were former Marines. Yeah. Once a Marine, always a Marine, right? That's right, Josh. Okay. <laughs> so um, um, both uh, both of us work for the Department of the Navy. Uh, and uh, so, Ron, thank you so much for joining us again. Your book is called Tenacity. Um, and you in the city of Las Vegas uh, started and have run 20 companies. Uh, and uh, so we're going to talk about how you were able to do that and uh, build quite a quite a bit of success uh, for yourself. So, Ron, again, thank you for joining us. Yes, my pleasure. All right. Um, so take us, uh, you know, again, we about 20 minutes. So we'll need the kind of the abbreviated version. Again, folks can get the full version in the book. Uh, but, you know, so you joined, the, why'd you join the Marines, first off? Well, at the time, there was still a draft going on. I was attending college, which gave me a student deferment. But when I dropped a class that I wasn't enjoying, I didn't realize that even though I was still maintaining nine credits, when I went below 12 credits, it would kick in my eligibility. Oh, so I, my gosh. I'm going, I'm going to Bernard M. Baruch University every morning, riding the subway to Manhattan from Brooklyn. And here come greetings letters from, from the military, where as a draftee, you're assigned a random branch. I knew that Vietnam was currently going on. Every night on the news, they portrayed how many were killed that day. And yeah. I mean, it was not a place anybody wanted to go, but I thought I'm destined to go there. Apparently, I want to get the best training possible. Did some research, interviewed with all the different recruiters from the various branches and decided that although the boot camp for the Marine Corps was tougher, it would train me the best to survive Vietnam. So I enlisted in the Marine Corps. During boot camp, President Nixon announced de-escalation. No one else would go over. I ended up training as a Marine for war and uh, not having to go. I stayed okay. I was stationed in California, which was a two-hour drive from Las Vegas. And that's how I transitioned from a student in Brooklyn to the Marine Corps to Las Vegas. Man, I can't imagine what that emotionally, what that must have that roller coaster. So in in boot camp, that's when Desert Shield start things started really heating up in the uh, in the Middle East. And then I was in A school, and that's when Desert Storm started. And um, they told us, "Hey, look, at any time we could shut down operations. You guys got to go out and go over." And uh, but thankfully, of course, we know you know Desert Storm kind of 
opened and shut pretty quick. About I think about twenty three days. So well, that, and that was and under George H W Bush. Yes, was after yeah. my time. Yes, right, right. Of course, of course. Yeah, I'm just I I'm, I've got empathy because I I you know and they scared the living daylights out of us at boot camp as well. <laughs> like you know, like they actually they played a prank on us where they had us all grab rifles and like get ready guys. Cause we could be anything, you know, you could be shipping out at any time. So, but that's the blank check that you sign, you know, when you, when you go in. And having oh, to okay. think that way when you're in the military is a great forerunner to being a businessman and trying to thrive, succeed and grow in business, which is what we're talking about. Yep. Had you not had that time in the Marines, how do you, well, let me ask it this way. Your time in the Marines, how did that prepare you then for, uh, again, the, gr- the grit and tenacity that you had that then led to your business success? What specifically about your military experience was valuable? Well, I believe the Marine Corps trained people to not let failure be an option. And as all your listeners will agree, when you're in business, you don't know where the hurdles are going to be, but you know you're going to encounter them. And what you can't do and succeed is let those hurdles become obstacles that prevent you from going forward. So in the Marine Corps, uh, the training I was fortunate enough to receive helped me as I parlayed one tavern into multiple different businesses in different areas of industry, not to let the hurdles that either government licensing put before you or a challenge for customers or a challenge for growth or funding, find a way around the problem and achieve your goal. I love that. And again, I think that there are a few cultures where you you get that. There is no option. There is no room for failure. You, you accomplish the mission. And, um, and, and it's really, that's just kind of a refrain that's kind of just kind of pummeled into you. Um, you get out of the Marines. Um, you're in Southern California. Do you decide to relocate to Vegas? Is that it? Well, because I was stationed in a base at Barstow, California, I was driving to Vegas every weekend. I had an aunt and an uncle that lived here. So I had a place to stay, some home cooking. And uh, coming to Vegas every weekend gave me a great insight into what the town might offer. So when I got discharged, as you know, you get the money to send you back to wherever you enlisted. So that gave me a couple Mm. hundred bucks airfare to get back to New York, which I used to move to Vegas. My buddy in the Marine Corps moved here with me. We got out at the same time. We shared an apartment and uh, just got jobs. And, you know, I thought, you know, if it doesn't work out, I can always go back to New York. Uh, My parents would let me live there until I got on my own. But I did not want to go back to an office job that I left when I enlisted. I was working part time as a a student and uh, I wanted to give Vegas a real shot. And it was the small growing town that I thought it was, which gave me the opportunity to go into the tavern business, the gaming business the limousine business, the printing business, and a host of others that uh, I was fortunate enough to find great success in. Yeah, your first business, so you were you were dealing, you were a Baccarat, would you a Baccarat dealer? Is that right? With your Blackjack, job? Your, Blackjack roulette and Baccarat. Wow. And then at some point then you make the jump from a job to starting a business. And what what, what was that transition? Well, the first one was an existing tavern that I purchased, 
And I wasn't sure what kind of income I would derive from it. And I had a family to support. So I kept my dealing job at night and I would go in and work at the tavern during the day while also continuing to be a realtor. And when I had an opportunity to sell a home, I would. So I was kind of busy. But uh, after a few months, the tavern business proved to be profitable enough. And this was before video poker came out. You just made money selling drinks. I, I borrowed a little bit of money from an aunt in Pennsylvania, put a small kitchen in my tavern, started selling food and drink. And, and that's the type of obstacle that we were talking about as any entrepreneur would encounter. I was losing customers that said, we're going to go eat. I had a toaster oven to, to heat up frozen pizzas, but that wasn't enough of a menu item to keep people from leaving my establishment. Yeah. So we put in a small kitchen did steak sandwiches, burgers, salads, very minor menu because I wasn't a chef by any means, Mm -hmm. but enough that I could manage and that retained my customers. And then when video poker came out in the, in the eighties, which the book goes into the the evolution of slot machines to video poker. I happened to know the guy that invented the first video poker machine and uh, it made the bar business transition into the gaming business. And uh, it provided great opportunity to grow into other areas of business. Ron, for other business owners that let's say they've got something and it's keeping them real busy, but they haven't or they come across an opportunity. How do we know or how did you know how to say, look, keep the main thing, the main thing, keep, you know, real, keep my focus on driving this thing versus starting another company? How do you know and how do you divide your time in a way that you don't, you know, start dropping dishes all over the place with what the other one? I don't know that I knew it, Josh. I just knew that I wanted to grow. I didn't want to grow bored with running one business every day in and out, no matter what the income was. I wanted a challenge. So I would groom a manager for the place I was wanting to exit and only when that manager shattered, shadowed me and, and I wanted them to make decisions that I would have made had I been there at the time a challenge occurred. And when I was comfortable with that manager, then I would grow to the second, third and fourth tavern and ultimately all these other businesses. But only when I could leave that, that baby nurturing, growing baby of a business with someone that would continue what I started and hopefully grow it, could I comfortably step into the next challenge? And uh, that's how I chose to do it. Yeah. Um, how do you uh, how do you train or how do you lead or how do you nurture a manager uh, in in a way that uh, you know? Again, I think ultimately what we want to do is is replace a big chunk of us, right? And get someone who then can exceed our level of expertise in that role. Um, How do you identify if someone has it? Well, I promote it from within for the most part. Yeah. I I already identified a work ethic by them showing up, not calling in a lot, uh, having good customer service relations. And when I identified someone that I thought was a shining star, I would bite the bullet and pay them to shadow me. They needed to continue to earn, but they weren't earning me money anymore. I had to hire a bartender or a server to replace them. But to pay them for 90 to 180 days 
to shadow me, groom them to see as challenges came before them, and what would Ron do? And I wanted them to make the decisions that I would have made. Now, how does one do that? You mm-hmm. bite the bullet, you pay them to, to follow you around. It could be boring, but as things would occur in my workday, they'd be with me and they'd see what happened, what I did about it. And then hopefully when I moved on to something new, they would make their decisions based on what I would have done had I been there. Yeah. Um, I would imagine uh, there were uh, opportunities where, look, they're just, they're going to be uh, times when there are things that are just outside our control that are much bigger than us. Uh, you know, for example, you know, my last company, the market lost interest in, in that solution. And, you know, what, what can you do? And, and I'm sure that, you know, across 20 companies, there were times when there were forces that were bigger than you that indicated, yeah, you know, and, and what do you, what do you do? Like, how do you know when to, you know, close, close up shop or pivot or whatever it is? Like, how do you gauge that? Well, I've got a perfect example for you. One of the businesses, my, my business partner and I started was Suburban Graphics, where we would design and print the fronts of slot machines for the manufacturers or the casinos who wanted to put their own logo on the belly glass, let's say. And instead of it saying triple sevens, it would say Hilton Hotel. And we would, because my my business partner came from that background in Philadelphia before joining the Marine Corps, he had some background in that. Well, in in the in the case you're you're currently citing, uh, we we needed to establish that uh, that business, that new business for a market that we saw was going to develop. And it did. Video poker came around. Mm-hmm. We were printing 12 to $15 million a year in slot glass for manufacturers. And then what happened after 15 years? LED. Mm. When LED first came out. And if you walk through a casino today, of the casino floor are LED-based slot machines. Yeah. The slot front glasses we were printing are gone. Well, when LED first came out, much like transistor radios in the 60s, the price was up here. We the price came down and everybody had a transistor radio. When LEDs first came out, those slot machines were priced so high they weren't filling the casino floors. But my partner and I had the vision to recognize. That pricing will eventually come down. And when it does, our industry will cease to exist. So in answer to your question, what does one do? Well, first, you have to have the vision to foresee what's going to happen. Believe in yourself that your your conclusion is correct and then do something about it. In our case, we had a company doing great. We just didn't think it would be around in five years. So we started looking for buyers. We actually sold that company to another company. and got out of the slot machine printing business. And in five years, that business did go away, but that was a risk they took when they purchased our business. We got out while the getting was good (laughs) price and found other things to do. Yeah. Um, So Ron, um, in leadership today, and I'm sure that, you know, in your time in, in business ownership, have you seen uh, like where 
like maybe like how a leader should adapt and do. I'm wondering if the leadership that worked in the 70s is or or 80s is appropriate today or, you know, a leader today. Are there new sensitivities or things that you've observed that you would say, you know, I've evolved on a couple of things and those things are X. Like, what, what would you say those are? Well, it may sound a little simplistic, but it's a it's it's my full belief. Treating people the way you want to be treated. The old golden rule. I was an employee at a hotel casino. I liked how my bosses treated me. When I had a problem, I could talk to them about it. And they worked with me, whether it was financial or scheduling or whatever it might be. And when I went into business, I, I wanted my people to know. And when I had a monthly meeting for my servers and bartenders, I wanted to be approachable. Some people become an owner. And they want to create this line between them and the troops, and they designate their manager to be that. I didn't want that. I wanted a manager to make decisions so I could go on to open other businesses, but I always wanted my people to know I was approachable. And by holding those regular meetings and making them feel like they knew me, they could come to me, I would succeed in remaining approachable in their view and treat people the way I wanted to be treated. And in so doing, I had employees that worked for me for 20 years in an industry where people bounced around from job to job because someone offered them 30 cents more an hour. Mm -hmm. And and they would make great money with me. We had very successful businesses. They'd have an opportunity to grow. When, When we made a score, we shared it by giving bonuses to people, whether it was Christmas or just because. And we were able to hold on to good people for very, a very, very long period of time. And I think if the people that are in business for themselves treat people the way they would want to be treated, that Always. will never change. I love it. I love it. Okay. Ron, your book, Tenacity. Uh, again, the subtitle here is A Vegas Businessman Survives Brooklyn, the Marines, Corruption and Cancer to Achieve the American Dream. True Life Story of Ron Corey. Also uh, an audiobook too. So Ron, this has been fantastic. Um, your website is um, Corey.Vegas, which no, I didn't no. know was- no, no. That, that, That's my email address. My oh, I'm sorry. What, give us the Ron, URL, please. RonCoreyAuthor.com. And it's spelled C-O-U-R-Y. That's that it. will bring them to a website that tells a lot about me. There's a photo gallery. Uh, there's a sample of the audiobook, which, by the way, was recorded by notable actor Michael Madsen of mm-hmm. Donnie Brasco fame. And uh, they can order. There's a quick link to Amazon to order the book if they want to. Fantastic. All right. Ron Corey, thank you so much for joining us. Fantastic conversation. Thank you for having me, Josh. Great meeting you today. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, we have an audience of over 120,000 that we would love to promote your story to. Please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. 
I'm also so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? Well, we will promote you and retweet you and re-share you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? Please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review, and we promise to read it all and take action. Thank you if you've done this already. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, please hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 to 20 minutes a day. My name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.